You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Troy LaValle, and it's time for chaos, folks. I have known Nori Brahim for a few years now. Um, we have become uh, pretty close friends, I'd say. Uh, even though we live three thousand miles apart, we play a lot of games together. Yeah. We occasionally uh, we uh, hang out outside of shows, and we we talk very quickly. You are way into tarot cards, and I don't think I knew this about you. Tell me about your interest in tarot cards. How did this come to be? Do you have them read for you? Do you read them? So this is a very like complicated answer because I, I've never like I had a tarot card. I got my first tarot card deck when I was uh like maybe in middle school. And it I got kind of scared of it and put it down for years because every time I would go pick this up, it would be warm. And then I'm like, you know, no. <laughs> and I, I never touched one for a while. And then I, I started playing, they only came up again as I was playing like Curse of Strahd campaigns because I had a Taroka deck. And, uh, I did, we did this campaign, Black Dice Society, and my character was in, uh, College of the Spirits. I was a College of the Spirits bard slash warlock. And so I got a Taroka deck and every single time for 60 episodes and then like several spinoffs of like one shots, they were never wrong. And so it's kind of gotten me into again, kind of like I, I, I'm not very knowledgeable. Like I'll do like a, like a very simplified version every once in a while. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of freaky. I did one for our, our episode one and, uh, sent the email out to everybody and it was kind of freaky. So. So yeah, and I, and then I really and I only like I haven't even really looked through this deck fully yet, but I I do have a Call of Cthulhu themed Taroka deck, a uh, tarot deck. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, this has been uh this is a this is a new adventure in in se- for season two of uh, Time for Chaos. All right, I have three questions. One, uh, you said that they're never wrong. So when you get a tarot reading or when you do a tarot reading, you're pretty much guided towards like a, a uh, sort of not like a premonition or like a, this is what's going to happen to you. And then it happens. That's my first question. For, so for each, for that specific, for like a tarot deck, um, they have like a very specific thing that has been directly tied to the outcome of what's happened in our story. Uh, sometimes right away, sometimes way down the line, it's happened. And then like our DM has had to remind, would, will remind the audience, like, so remember when Nora pulled that deck and I said mm. this, I was, and I could always see like on his face, like the reaction of like, because it was, that was like, he knew we didn't know. And I, it was, it was always, always like weird and creepy and, but also a bit of, but it's kind of fun. Talk to so. me about what you read for the first episode because you emailed us this oh, all afterwards. Right. And, Let uh, me find. Was, yeah, you pulled like it, was it quite before prescient. we started, but I, then you didn't yeah. tell us. Yeah. I pulled it and I was like, Hey, and I, I, I just forgot to mention it. 
during, but if I find, here we go. So, um, every time you pull, so it, ha- it has this little guide where, um, it'll say, it'll tell you what, it'll tell you what the thing means, but it'll also give you a little like kind of Lovecraftian blurb on, on what it is. So, um, like the Lovecraftian blurb is like the general, like what you're looking at in the card. But the meaning, I pulled the four of swords and it said for the, as for the, um, the meet, the interpretation of it said things to consider. The four of swords is a message to take time out of your day and rest in order to take time for yourself. It is important to retreat to a place where you find serenity. This allows your mind to heal and refresh. This is a place where you can contemplate your morality and life choices. It is. Thanks, Seja. It is meditative. <laughs> it's a meditative time when you can get in touch with your center and contemplate your values and goals, just like Wilcox. And so it's the character Will Cl- Wilcox uh, that was on the card. Mm-hmm. Taking time to rest could mean a difference between madness and sanity. Take time to retreat in solitude and reflect. And all of last episode was us regaining sanity points and seeing how it is that we rested and contemplated our next choice moving on for it's this wild season. and the four of swords this four of you perhaps the swords oh. in the dark trying to stop mm-hmm. the uh whatever's going on here i mean that is crazy so my final question is i think you need to do another another reading but not tell us like do it right now while i ask them some questions but i don't want to know because if i know it's going to influence how i run You're the right. game You're and right. i want to know if we're going to hit this so you do this while i ask have you guys okay. kate rob ross have awesome. you ever had like Got into fortune reading or having your tarot read? <laughs> I would read the horoscope in the newspaper when I was a kid. Yeah, I was a big and horoscope guy. Yeah, that was that's about it. <laughs> you never walked by a fortune teller and I've walked said, here's three hundred dollars. Tell me everything about me. Who yeah, am I no. going to marry? No, I don't want to know too much about my own future. Ooh, I see. <laughs> I'm reading Nora's uh, expression, and I'm very curious to see what we're what's in store for us. I'll tell you what the card is, because you won't know what the what the interpretation is just on upon upon seeing it. So I'll, I'll read what the card is, and then maybe next episode we could start we could start with the uh, the interpretation. Oh my god, absolutely! Yeah. Okay, so I pulled the Sun card, but it's upside down. Ooh, okay. god, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> That is insane. I don't. No, again, I is don't that? know what this means right now. I have this is a new deck to me entirely. So we'll we'll revisit what this means later. There okay, was you're... a sun. There was a sun situation in the last episode. There was the vision of the sun oh, like flashing out. Oh, That's right. I forgot. Tentacles coming through Tentacles the eclipse. Oh, sun. The corona oh of the sun right. or something. I That's forgot. Right. A sun shining darkness as if it were a sun reversed. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I don't. <laughs> I'm already creeped out. Oh Kate, I know you're way into horoscopes. Did you ever get any fortune fortune read? Horoscopes are fun in like an introspective way. I've never gotten like, I have living in Woodstock. I have so many like palm readers or like oh, yeah. juju, like whatever people who want to like read whatever about me. And I always mean to like go and do like I want to do one of like the Polaroids where they um do the auras. I think that's cool. But like I haven't done it. And like also with tarot, like before we knew what card was pulled last time, I always thought of it as like you see the card and you see like what it means and you kind of interpret it. Like maybe you kind of lead yourself to being like, yes, this makes sense. 
Like I thought it was like how I look at horoscopes where it's like introspective a bit, but like that description was exactly what we did. <laughs> That's that wild. Episode. Yeah. Wilcox is from the call of Cthulhu. He's, he's a character in the call of Cthulhu story. And the only reason I know that we were just talking about the, uh, Chaosium puts out the Dr. Seuss versions of H.P. Lovecraft <laughs> classics. And in the Call of Cthulhu one that I got from uh, Brian Holland, uh, they mentioned Wilcox and go into the whole story. Uh, pretty wild. Ross, I could see you sitting down to some mm-hmm. uh, beach tarot reader along the <laughs> Venice boardwalk. Yes, yes. For, um, just shambling in with my cruiser bike kicked uh, jauntily outside. Um I, I'm I'm fascinated by all that stuff, but I haven't I haven't indulged. When I was a kid, I got a book on palmistry and tried to learn how to do it so I could like read my friends' palms, which was fun. Um, so I, yeah, but I'm interested in just like the way that those all feed the imaginarium and how your what how much of divination is you is it creating incepting a um symbolic framework into your mind that then you begin to read into your experience or onto the past or who knows, maybe you're bringing, maybe it is truly interpreting future events, but, um, but yeah, palmistry, tarot, astrology, and my favorite kind, the, um, haruspects or haruspacy, which is, uh, the reading of the future by, uh, looking at the entrails of sacrificed animals. Of course. <laughs> like they used to do in ancient Rome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what the hell was I just going to say? Tarot, uh... Oh, I'll say one thing. Yeah. I did, I did get into it once. My wife got a book. I'm looking it up now. It's like, uh, there's a, uh, Madame Clairvoyant. She's Ooh. like, I think she writes horoscopes for, let's see, maybe New York Magazine. She wrote a book. And each chapter is, like, dedicated to each sign of the Zodiac. Mm-hmm. And I've always been like, what the fuck? It doesn't fucking matter when you were born. You're gonna, your personality is dictated by the stars. Go fuck yourself. But, <laughs> but I read the Leo chapter and I was like, shook. <laughs> I was like, shook. I was like, I was just like, the whole time I was like, no. It was just like, <laughs> everything he was saying was like the dark side and the light side, like everything about being that specific. And then yeah. I read what about my kid and I was even more horrified. But God, and honestly, Rob, that is such a Leo thing to say. Exactly. <laughs> it won't stop. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, obviously there are people that are way into this and then the, 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 the other side is just, ah, that's hokum. But the more you play these games, these sort of, uh, eldritch horror games, you'd be surprised at how many strange occurrences happen. Uh, obviously we have a, another show that, that deals with Lovecraftian horror and the stuff that happens like during the show, doors closing, phones ringing. And, uh, you know, the weirder, the more you like sort of tap into this, even in a, in a fun, imaginative way, and almost as if like, as if we're opening a door to something else. So I'll be yes. interested to see what this, Sun has to say about this episode. Uh, last week we, uh, we jumped back in. Uh, we are, uh, we're playing the masks of Nearlithotep campaign, greatest campaign ever written. Big shout out to our sponsor this season, Chaosium, uh, mm-hmm. the publisher of Call of Cthulhu, my favorite role playing game. Uh, I haven't played it in so long. Uh, I got to play a couple special games throughout the year and I always say I wish I could play it every week. And now I can again. Um, so we caught up with our investigators, uh, after probably the craziest day of their life after they infiltrated the Juju house at the end of the, uh, the New York, uh, part of our story. 
and uh, took down, I mean, I guess you could say successfully defeated the uh, cult of the bloody tongue, but the body count was crazy, and the sort of reverberations and how it affected the lives of so many people uh, will continue on long past uh, your time as you move on from New York. And we, we caught up with our, with, our, with our heroes to see like how those events affected them, and we checked in with uh, I'm just looking at my notes here. We checked in with Vaughn uh, Villiers, who uh, was seeking therapy by uh, going to confession um, after perhaps seeing the atrocities of war and, and losing his faith. Uh, his experiences in Peru and New York have have kind of thrust him right back at, into uh, into strong strong faith, but a, a, a perverted faith that is constantly being challenged by his dwindling sanity. And uh, he speaks to a priest, uh, talking about um, you know trying to trying to discern whether or not these these demons he sees are real. And the priest, rather than being like, "Oh, it's just figurative imagination," just sort of cemented like, "Oh, they're real, and it's your fault. Um, you need to do something <laughs> about this." Catholics. Very Catholic way. Yep. Uh, we see Carter at uh, Myrtle's funeral, just sort of peeking like uh, uh, Bill Murray and Rushmore, like looking <laughs> cigarette dangling from his mouth, uh, Miss not Piggy wanting to Muppets take Manhattan <laughs> <laughs> with the shades on. The... Yeah, um, and uh, perhaps uh, a, a figure, maybe a member of this mob that is looking for him, pulling up and almost catching him. But Carter, I think you nat. Nat one on a yep. D one hundred to uh, stealth out of there. Um, then we see uh, Feruz sort of pouring over these tomes. Got all of these dangerous tomes in the basement of the Juju House, and uh, you know, kind of lost and looking for um, some sort of relief, perhaps in the arms of a, uh, a one night lover. We catch up again with. Um, Carter trying to visit Margot at her bedside. Margot had suffered these horrible wounds um, and then went to the initiation of, at the order and then realized, oh, I need to get to a hospital, checks herself into a hospital, uh, puts on the mask, sees crazy visions. Vaughn is uh, staying vigil by her bedside and Carter comes to visit and sees Vaughn there and uh, he goes in and she's sleeping and uh, just as they're sort of uh, starting to talk, uh, Gunter comes in. This was a, a former art teacher of Margot's uh, that uh, turned lover. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as Margot became more wrapped up in uh, the world of Jackson Elias, their relationship sort of seems like it's kind of cooled off. And Gunter, hearing of Margot uh, in the hospital, uh, rushed to her bedside and said, I want to take you away. I want to take you to an artist retreat, get back to uh, your roots. And uh, it's pretty clear that he's also saying, I want to get, let's get us back together and get you away from whatever you're doing right now that has landed you uh, in the hospital. And, uh, you know, it seems like Margot is uh, pretty content to stay on the case. We see her at the artist retreat just painting a vision of someone wearing that horrible mask. And then um, we end on uh, Vaughn getting up, leaving the confessional, and just seeing black ooze come out of the grates where the priest was. 
Now we're going to get into it. We talked about where we're going next, and we're going to London. Um, you have a few leads uh, that have led you to choosing England as the next logical stop. You know that London is the last city that Jackson Elias visited before he returned to New York in a strange mindset and was murdered almost immediately. Um, but let's go over a little bit of housekeeping. You know, I talked last week at the beginning of last episode. Oh, we're going to do this kind of a therapy session and then this spending time with your backstory connection. And then we just started role playing. And, and as usual, something beautiful happened. So I'm not going to get too much into the ticky tack of it. Everybody roll a D6 and uh, give that to yourself in sanity. Mm. Um, that's for last week's uh, role play. No sanity roll necessary. No D3. Just roll a D6 and let the uh, let the elder gods decide what oh. you get back. May all your uh, sixes be natural. Heck yeah. And then uh, after you are either happy or sad at that roll or content, uh, go ahead and give yourself a luck improvement roll. Once again, you're going to roll. You're trying to roll over your luck score, trying to fail at your luck score, essentially. Um, And if you do roll a D10 and add it to your current luck. Does luck reset at all outside of this? Because I'm uh, looking at mine, I just realized my luck is three. Your luck is three. No, luck yeah. does not reset. Like it is oh. a, yeah, your luck, you're basically, oh. you need to, but you know what's good about that is you're going to always fail this roll. Yeah. So you're going to get that D10. So you're you're going to build back your luck. Right now, if luck is a spectrum, you're on this end and you may be on that end for a while and then all of a sudden your, your luck may come around. Um, I think there are things in the game like we did last week where you regain those sanity points where you can... Um, there's certain things you can tick to get luck back in the sort of uh, development phases. But overall, it's just like a, da- uh, a, a per session thing. And you'll probably succeed on these checks now for every session, getting a D10 back every time. Um, so we're, we're, adding a D, we're adding a D10 roll to our luck? Yeah, so you roll a D100. If you roll over your current luck score, then you get to add a D10 to your luck. Cool. All right. If you Perfect. roll under your luck... You're lucky enough. That's what, that's what uh, mighty Nyarlathotep has decided. Um, my hit points, I'm still under half my hit points because I rolled bad in the hospital and I'm yes. deciding to not stay in the hospital. Yes, this was next on my little, little checklist here. Uh, oh. So you uh, are still suffering for a major wound. Um, so pretty much, I think we could say if you spent a weekend at the retreat... And you're going to kind of take it easy on the boat ride. Uh, you can do another con roll to see if you get that hit point back, and you probably will. But I would say uh, right now it's really just role playing wise. You are you've left the hospital probably a little earlier than you should, um, and so think about what that means. Did, did you want to check in and see if there was any spark there with Gunter anymore? Are you just like throwing caution to the wind and getting on this boat uh, to England or whatnot? But you are you are injured, and you really should be. Uh, getting serious care. So we'll we'll deal with the mechanics later. Are we able to do first aid during the boat ride? Yes. First aid, I don't think... Well, yeah, actually, first aid, you can... Um, in combat, you can deal with major wounds. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll worry about the mechanics of that when we get onto the boat, because the boat is going to be... It, it takes you like a week, I think. Uh, on okay. a, Anywhere from like five to nine days, depending on the weather, uh, to get from New York. Uh, to uh, the station that will eventually get you to London. You'll actually have some options that I'll talk about. But on the boat, yeah, I think you 
long story short, you're going to recover from this, but right now, uh, the role-playing wise, you're not uh, you're not in good shape. And uh, Vaughn, where you're suffering, from, still suffering from indefinite and temporary insanity. Um, the good thing about boat trips is that uh, doctors would prescribe these boat trips. It's like a way oh, to yes. uh, cure everything that ails you. Uh, you know, it's like a floating good for sanitarium. The humans. <laughs> it's yes. good for the humans. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, as long as the boat trip is uneventful, um, you will be cured of your indefinite insanity for now. But, but um. Even though I've received a fair amount of sanity back, I'm still indefinitely insane. You're still kind of t- you're you're much better than you were uh, when you were trying to throw Carter into the Chakota pit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you are st- you are still have that underlying insanity um, Good to know. that will by the time you reach London, you'll be a new man as long as um, of course a dragon doesn't attack the ship. <laughs> what could uh, go wrong? Right, a dragon and, with three zombies on its back. Then you're probably, it's yeah. probably going to be a setback for you. No Lovecraftian horrors live in the ocean, right? <laughs> no, no. <that's> <laughs> what, what could go wrong? Um, all right, so let's talk about the leads that you do have. You found a business card uh, in in Jackson Elias' apartment, if you remember, uh, for the director of the Penhew Foundation, someone named... Edward Gavigan, and the Penhew Foundation is located in London. Sir Aubrey Penhew, of course, was the main man behind the foundation uh, before he joined the Carlisle Expedition expedition and went off and died or disappeared. Um, Obviously, Jackson uh, would have had some interest into looking into Sir Aubrey. That's probably why he has this card. Um, So that's one lead that you have, and then I mentioned last week that you'd want to check in with Jonah Kensington and Carlton Ramsey to, uh, you know, see if they know anything of what Jackson was doing in London now that you've decided that's where you're going to go. So I'm just going to, uh, in the interest of uh, popping and locking, just kind of, I want to get you to Jonah Kensington and Carlton Ramsey to talk to them. Unless there was any other business that you wanted to do before the four of you met up for your appointment with Jonah and Carlton. And no is fine. Uh, my only question was, did we I feel like at the end of season one, did we get like a sitcom style apartment together? Just so I know. <laughs> well, so it seems some... like you went to Massachusetts and mm-hmm. as did, uh, Ruse, and then uh, Margo was in the hospital. So, Vaughn, do you think you were... Did you just check into a different room at the Waldorf? Maybe move to a different hotel after Perhaps. your uh, yeah. incidentals were charged through the roof for the giant hole in the wall? Yes, maybe I got a, a, room, a room to let uh, in Manhattan somewhere that we can all use as a as, a, as an office and a, and a flop house if <laughs> needs be. <laughs> Alright, so like when, as you guys are trickling back into New York or coming down from upstate after the yard, it kind of works out perfect that you all just said... Let's take a couple days. Uh, and then Margo's like, I gotta do something. Goes to the initiation. She's like, I need to go to the hospital. Vaughn finds out, goes there. Like, it, it all has a very, it very logically works out. But now you're back in New York. You reach out to Vaughn, uh, and you guys are starting to make plans to, to do this. So we don't need to play out all of that. I think it's fair to say that you contacted Jonah and Carlton, or they contacted you. Um, so let's get you into their office, and Jonah and Carlton are there. Once again, Jonah is the uh, publisher of Prospero House. Uh, he was uh, 
Jackson Elias's main publisher and very close friend. Colton Ramsey is the lawyer uh, who is handling the the will and estate of a Jackson Elias. When he came back from London, he changed his whole will to basically give his fortune, uh, everything in his life, to you guys to continue, uh, you know, investigating the Carlisle expedition. And so the two of them are there, and Jonah, if I can remember everyone's voices, I think he had a very New York. New Yorky type voice. He's like, you know, I, uh, I've been thinking a lot about everything uh, ever since you uh, you had mentioned that you're going to go to to London, go across the pond, and um, you know, I know you were close with Jackson. He was uh, he was just that type type of guy. He made everybody feel like they were they they were your best. He was he was your best friend, but. You know, having having heard everything uh, you told me about what happened, and thinking about everything you probably didn't tell me uh, with regards to what happened up in Harlem, you know, I just want you to know, I, you don't have to do this. You don't, you don't have to do this. Jackson was a rare breed. He was a man. He, he got caught up in things, and it led to what it led to. But if if he's wrong about all this stuff, or, or worse, if he's right. It just seems like you could be walking in his footsteps all the way to the grave. And Carlton is like, yes, I, I, I can understand you wanting to, uh, you know, uh, sort of complete his dying wish, but I, we, we fear for your safety. We will support you in any way you want, but I, I agree with Jonah. This, the choice is yours. Well, I mean, uh, I think we've had a few days here. You guys don't know the things that we've seen, man. Stuff. We're going to spare you the details, but just know uh, we appreciate it. But uh, I think now more than ever, we need to keep Jackson's dream alive. The train has left the station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There the really boat's is, about yeah. to leave the dock. Really. <laughs> That's true. The boat is leaving the harbor. <laughs> No turning so back at this point. Yes, Mr. Elias was uh, was terribly kind to us, um, both in, in Peru to, to maintain his friendship with all of us, and we'd be doing a disservice to his mission and his memory if we were to leave his work undone. We've, we've trod too far. There is no going back now. This is not so much a, a matter of duty. This is now a calling from which we must not turn. I understand. I understand. I, and that's what we assumed you would say. I just, it, it had to be said that uh, this isn't necessarily your fight or, or anyone's fight. Anyways, you, you had asked about uh, what what he was doing in London. You know, he was pretty wrapped up in his research uh, over the last year that we spoke. And as we all know now, hindsight being what it is, he was in way over his head. Uh, he had been sending me letters from all over, updating me on his studies into the Carlisle expedition. But with regards to London in particular, he arrived there in late November of last year. Just gives you an idea. I'd say it's probably beginning of February now. We can work out the ticky-tack of, oh, it's February 3rd, 3 o'clock. It's beginning, first week of February right now. Um... Yeah, so he arrived in, uh, in there in late November of last year. And December 16th uh, was when he sent me a frantic telegram letting me know he was heading back uh, to New York. Uh, he boarded a freighter named the uh, Fallerope, 
uh, headed for New York, and then he reached out to you on, on January 3rd, I think, and and he got back here on January 13th, and, and two days later was uh, the incident at the Chelsea Hotel. When he got back, before, you know, you obviously saw him, uh, we, 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 we talked a little bit, but he was, he was all over the place, like I, like I said, when, when, when we were going over his papers. And I pretty much told you everything uh, that I remembered when first we spoke, but now that I know that you're going to England, I started thinking about the specifics of, of what he told me when he went there, looking through my notes, um, and... Uh, there were two things in particular that came to mind. He had mentioned that he had spent some time talking to a uh, an editor of a local paper called The Scoop, uh, a guy by the name of Mickey Mahoney out in London. Uh, it sounds like he was pretty helpful. Uh, I have the address here, and he hands you a piece of paper. Uh, I, I would suggest by uh, probably starting by chatting with him, because um, Jackson spoke pretty highly of him, said he was uh, helpful and, and eager. I, I, I get the sense the scoop is sort of a, uh, a sensationalist rag, uh, so uh, Jackson and this guy must have hit it off, but Jackson seemed to like him. And uh, he also mentioned uh, speaking to an Inspector Barrington uh, of Scotland Yard, um, but he never said why. Uh, when Jackson maybe could have gotten into trouble, I don't, I, I don't know if Scotland Yard would have been after him. But uh, you know, he was poking his nose around everywhere. So it oh, makes don't sense. worry, we're we're great with cops. Good, good, good. How are you with British cops? <laughs> I imagine we'd be fine. We got Vaughn to translate. Plus, they've got those cute little nipple hats, and they don't even have guns, right? They just have little little sticks, little British sticks. Johnnies, <laughs> I think they call them something like that. Plus, they're not even supposed to react to you. Oh, wait, no, those are the... Uh, <laughs> those are the guys with the fur those are the That's the royal yes. guard. That's yes, the royal guard. I'll, I'll have time to uh, acclim- acclimatize my American cousins here to the, to the customs of the, of the British wait. constabulary <laughs> in, the, in the interim. Um, so much to say that uh, to get uh, not to get uh, the other side of Tillinghast's face caved in by a, a, um, a constable's truncheon. But uh, <laughs> we'll... We'll do our best, and if this Inspector Barrington was a friend of Elias, then we'll we'll uh, we'll meet up with him. Though uh, I dare say we've had our problems with the coppers here in the states. Yeah, it's unclear what their relationship was. He just mentioned that that was one of the stops that he made. Uh, I'm sure he was looking into something there. Um, but Mahoney, he did say, was was a good guy and an Irishman. Uh, I, I believe so. Yeah, Irishman hmm. working in London. Very well. Yeah, so I'll have to do that accent. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure he's pumped to be living in London. Yeah. <laughs> well, London's it's a, it's a weird place right now, as you'll hear about when you arrive oh. in a flavor text. Um, but here, do you guys need some English to English dictionaries? <laughs> These could come in handy. The Cockney in rhyming slang book would be right. great. Hmm. Um, Fun fact: and- I'm not British at all. I've this is the only reason why I have this accent is because of my boarding school. <laughs> made us talk like this. Transatlantic. Clearly, uh, Mr. Brown has been finished in the most elegant fashion imaginable. Um, <laughs> so I, I think we'll be able to move in a, in the most uh, reputable of company and also uh, to slum it with the, the writers of the scoop. 
good, good. Carlton says, uh, you know, I, I obviously I'm handling the, the, the money and, and, and uh, whatever you need, uh, you know, within reason I, I have for, for this leg of the expedition. I, 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 I would assume uh, just in, in, in tracing um, everything that uh, Jackson was up to, I can't imagine that the, your, your journey is going to end in London. So I'm not going to give you everything. But if you run into a situation where you need more, uh, you just you reach out and I'll wire it over to you. I'm, I'm sure I can get there within a couple of days. We, we have contacts there. I, I, even though I'm going to be over here or we're going to be over here, you know, whatever you need, I... If, if you're in this for Jackson, we're in this for Jackson. We may be telling you don't do it because we, we, we fear for your safety, but we're, we're in it. We're in it just as much as you are. We're just not feet on the ground, but whatever you need, you reach to, uh, reach out to us and, and we'll take care of it. Cool. Um, it's ever so kind of you. Just, oh, just, Mr. Kensington, uh, Jonah, let me just spare you. I know you're probably too embarrassed to ask. What this means, this trip to England, is that there will be additional chapters that can be added to Carter Tilling, the adventures of Carter Tillinghaston Pals, as you know, the pulp novel I've been working on for days now. Right, you're uh, still working on that, huh? Oh, still working on it, and it's just getting bigger, which I think mm-hmm. is going to help sales, you know, because people can use it for any number of, you can hammer in a nail with it, you can read it and be thrilled by it, titillated by it, you can also, you know, just any number of, of other large, heavy uses that you need. Or set your mug of coffee on it. Yep. Yeah, it's yes, useful. We use like it to me. prop a door open in the, yeah. in the summer. Yeah. Mr. Tillinghast, I, I gotta say, when you first said you were gonna write a uh, memoir, I, I, I just was humoring you, but uh, knowing what little I know of what has gone on so far since yeah. uh, Jackson's death, uh, I, I think that what you would be writing would be something of interest to many people. So you, you keep at it, and we'll talk when you're done. Carter goes, like, slack-jawed. Like, he's actually <laughs> completely caught off guard. But, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, okay, great. So, uh, shit. Tillinghast, right, Tillinghast. I believe at one time the working title of your of your work was, was The Adventures of Carter Tillinghast and His Unhelpful Acquaintances. Yeah, have we been, have we been promoted to pals? <laughs> yeah, you're, I think we're in the pal zone now. Yeah, <laughs> the pal zone. Delightful. <laughs> Uh, all right. Any anything else we can be of service to before you go? Otherwise, just uh, just reach out. We're here, and uh, you know if there's anything you need, uh, uh, appointments or connections to people back home. Consider us your 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 home base here, not only in New York but in in the United States. Yes. Well, if if there is trouble, we'll reach out to you. But um, until such time, let's keep things mum. It is comforting to me to know that there is a, a brotherhood of help that extends across the Atlantic, even to find its tendrils there in London. But rest assured, Mr. Kensington, there is a brotherhood of unknown size and quality lurking in every corner of the globe. We have but seen one of its appendages, but there, its ranks are legion. Legion. Yeah, okay. All right, Vaughn. Margot uh, gets we, really we, shifty-eyed. <laughs> Margot's looking at him like, huh? <laughs> shifty-eyed. <laughs> Fairs just hands him a flask. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Tonic for my nerves. We're in tip-top shape, as you can see. Let's get... uh, Right for the job. Yes, let's get going. And Margot stands up and limps towards the door. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You guys walk out and leave them, and uh, Carlton just looks at Jonah as like... He sounds like Jackson did at the end. I know. 
worried about them getting hurt, but I'm also worried about them with him. Meaning Vaughn. <laughs> you fade out of that scene. No. <laughs> you just hear <laughs> sloshing water. Uh, we see the ocean. No buildings anywhere in the distance, just wide open ocean as far as the eye can see. And uh, we pull back from there, and the four of you are on a boat. Um, there's a number of different ways uh, to to get <laughs> to London. Obviously, international air travel um, wasn't available for most of the 1920s, so an ocean voyage is really the only way. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of history nerds are people who like really get way into the like nitty gritty of how everything actually worked may be interested to know that the leading operators are the White Star Line to mm. Southampton or the Cunard Line to Liverpool, okay. both offering first, second, and third class accommodation, depending on each of your funds, or you can continue to mooch off of Port Vaughan and have first class accommodations <laughs> uh, across the board. Uh, the crossing takes around four to nine days, like I said, depending on the weather, and you'll set for sail from New York and you can decide uh, if you want to take the White Star Line to Southampton or the Cunard Line to Liverpool. Either way, you can catch a train from either of those stations uh, into uh, London and the train from both Southampton and Liverpool is about a half day's travel from there. So you're looking at Anywhere from five to ten days-ish to get into London. That's proper. shorter than I thought. Right? As I was reading, I was like, huh. Uh, you know, before I chose to do this, I looked at uh, Horror on the Orient Express, which is the other one of these seminal fucking masterpieces. And uh, <laughs> it is. I mean, it is all what I just said. Like, the whole thing is like, let's talk about what a first-class cabin looks like. 20 pages. I mean, it's... <laughs> Granular uh, travel facts. <laughs> is this what you dorks like? Yeah. yeah you know about the China? We got the fucking China for you. <laughs> you want to know what the wallpaper was like? Oh, we know you freaks. It's I think Kenneth Branagh's fucking mustache for you. <laughs> I think they're doing a full-on, like, updated version of it coming out soon, and they just came out, Chaosium with a board game version of it as well, uh, which I would be way into if I ever had time to do anything. But um, (laughs) do you guys have any preference? Do you want to go to uh, Liverpool or Southampton? I don't know the difference. I literally do not know the difference. Let me ask you, has anyone been to London or spent significant time in London? I'll start. I haven't. Nor do I have any interest. Oh, as a real person, because I was going to yeah. say Mar- maybe Margot stopped there, but Caitlin has never been. Yeah, over as a there. real person, I know nothing about London. Nothing. No. I shouldn't say I'm, I wouldn't want to go. I think I'd want to check it out. I want to go. In, I just haven't gone. I've only been for like three days on on a you know multi trip, no, but that not not outside of London. I want to buy right. some clothes there. I feel like oh, yeah. like like London's made for the tall thin men. Amen to that. One day, one day, Rob and I will go there and get Savile Road up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) The tall Finman. Ross, have you spent any uh, any time in London? A little, little bit. Like I took a trip there. um, Just a couple of really short trips there. But I, I feel like I may have brought up on this show before. Like years and years ago, I had a I worked on a cruise ship, Mm -hmm. and it and for a period of that time, it ported out of Southampton. Okay. Oh. Oh. That's where well, we, we gotta got to go it. then. 
You got to yeah. go to Southampton because you can add a little flavor. Yeah, fuck Beatles. We're not going to Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, we, we can avoid Liverpool. Uh, but then we don't get, get to hear... get our throats cut and our pockets picked by stevedores down at, the, down at the wharf. We don't get to hear Troy's Liverpool accent, though. Oh, yeah. oh don't worry. There'll be time enough for that. Spoiler <laughs> alert. All my British accents are going to sound the same. <laughs> no. And terrible. Uh, let's talk about firearms. I don't want to get way into the weeds with this. They have seven pages on how I could deal with this. I don't care. But I will say, you can't just bring guns into another country and be like, is this cool? Can I have all of these? <laughs> sawed off shotgun? Uh, is this, this all right? This is why I love America. Like, <laughs> right. Bring us your tired, your poor, your guns. Um, but Do you not have a gun? Here. You know, oddly enough, you don't need a permit for a shotgun because uh, it's considered a hunting weapon. So your options are, and again, I'm not going to get into the weeds with this. They give you a lot of like, have them roll a, a check to hide their gun. Whatever you want to do, we'll figure it out later. But like, you can either try to sneak your guns in, fast talk to a customs agent, which might be tricky and may lead you into trouble. Or use the fact that you know a local like Vaughn who may be able to acquire guns for you once you get there. Uh, because even getting a permit as an outsider once you get into London to then get a gun would take a while. So just think about that. Let me know what you want to do and, and we'll move on. But honestly, uh, Marco, if you wanted to, you could have your sawed-off shotgun. And be That's like, all I want. I'm hunting boar in the streets of London. <laughs> <laughs> So you're One on uses this a sort of caught, uh, shotgun for quail season. Yes, <laughs> quail. This is quail season in, in early March. Tiny quails. Exploding. <laughs> it shoots multiple at the same time. Yes, you need a scatter shot to kill seven quail at once. It's good um, to know that the excuse for, I need it for hunting, still existed back then, too. It was a simpler time. You never uh, know when seven wild boars are just going to show up. You don't want to not have a shotgun. That's all yeah, I'll yeah. say. Um, when the when there's a zoo explosion, uh, you guys are on this boat. Uh, I don't want to presume, but I imagine, uh, especially with Carter Tillinghast in the group, you're still mooching off of Vaughn to get the best in <laughs> class. Yeah. Or are you of like, course. guys, let's yeah, just yeah. be frugal and do third class? No, um, what? I, I I feel like Vaughn's uh, a little preoccupied at the moment, so maybe if 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 Vaughn doesn't mind, I certainly would not. We might as well live. You want me to be living? Yeah. We don't know when we're gonna die. You want me to fucking yeah. go third class for five to ten days? <laughs> yes, I, exactly. I suppose you're. I suppose you're right. Um, perhaps um, the comforts of the flesh might uh might serve us in good stead, since we're we're going into a. A time of uncertainty and privation. For our sanity. And, and, Mar- and Margot needs a comfortable place to rest. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes Margot yes. is her. Mm. And given the events that have befallen the White Star Line over the past uh, 30 or so years, perhaps a first-class <laughs> cabin is um, preferable to steerage. What has uh, happened? All right, um, have so, you heard of the Titanic? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that was that line? Yes, I believe. If I'm not mistaken. Although there's a theory that Wait, there was, was it another the White Star Titanic. Line? I think so. Did it already happen? Yeah, yeah, right? That's that's the teens. Oh. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my god, you're right, Ross. But there's no way it's ever going to sink again. Something no. tells me it happened in 1912. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, the loss um, of the Titanic, 1912, yes. the White Star Line, yeah. So there, maybe you got a discount on the uh, first class. <laughs> like, they're trying to get business... The unsinkable White Star Line. Uh, all right, so you guys are, are, are luxurying it up, um, 
And as well you should, you know, when you when you think you're going to die at any moment, you might as well live like there's no tomorrow because there may not be. You guys have been all around uh, in the past, let's say it's been a week and a half ish since you are, you know, since Juju House. Now you're all together heading to England and this is the first time uh you're you're back together as a group. What what is everyone uh what was sort of the hubbub? Is it a little weird? Is anyone talking about it? Hmm. I think you got a sense of the way that Vaughn may be popping out with it there in the in the lawyer's office. At least doing his best to keep a lid on it. And that salt sea air is really uh, making you feel a little bit more in the driver's seat, uh, even after a couple days of sea. Yes. Carter's just like, I'm gonna fucking puke. I never, <laughs> I never been on a boat before. I know it's not, I know it sounds weird because I'm from Gloucester, but just never had the, never felt like it. you. Vaughn, you Dramamine. What was it? Dealing hast? I tell you, if you want to orient yourself, there's nothing that'll get you uh, get your internal gyroscope oriented mm. like a, a glass of gin. Okay, great. Yeah, just rub it behind my ears. <laughs> <laughs> Feyruz will actually try rubbing it back. Oh, no, I I didn't know if that was like a actual remedy. I, I mean, at this point, put it under my nose, too. <laughs> <laughs> I think Feyruz at this point is just like, so has that thing where like you face so much trauma that like real life seems weird. And so she was very happy to get back into this, you know, mystery that we're trying to solve because the real world just doesn't seem like she's even living in it. Yes, yeah, you got the sense in that bar scene like there's really nothing for you in that world anymore. Yeah. Mm. You're just kind of sleepwalking through normal life. I think uh, um, yeah, Margo. I think Margo is she's got like painkillers left over from the hospital and is a bit loopy while on the boat between relaxing and just like sauntering around when she can uh, maybe sketching and honestly probably in good spirits during the downtime would yeah. like early 1920s be around the time when they would be prescribing heroin for I don't uh, know if it's like opiates <laughs> or something I mean I'm sure like didn't they put the cocaine in everything like yeah. there was that what was that show on Showtime uh, with Clive Owen as the like yeah. The Nick? Of the century surge. Yeah, The Nick. Did you watch The Nick? The Nick was great. A little bit. Well, medical like, horror. <laughs> yeah, it was medical horror. Uh, it was great. I think it only lasted a season or two, but uh, really cool. he was like an addict as well, and it was right around the time when they started prescribing heroin. He was oh, they definitely like, had like laudanum and all that this shit. stuff is great. I mean, that was happening before. I feel like that was in like Bram Stoker's Dracula. They were just fucking shooting up. Pumping you full of opiates. Favors or rather, Nora, you asked, can we do anything to try and help Margot? Margot is in a rest. If you're first class, you're in a restful situation, uh, a restful place, mm-hmm. which would give you a bonus die. Um, you can, uh, thanks to Michael uh, behind the scenes here, says uh, you can uh, make a medicine check. And if you succeed, uh, then Margot will get another bonus die. So okay. just like you had in the hospital, you basically would be replicating the conditions of the hospital if you succeed on a medicine check. And then, Kate, you would roll. Uh, with two bonus die to try and 
So Favors would go to Margot. Favors has her like flask in her hand. She sees Margot taking a bunch of pills. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. Need something to wash this down with. Oh, here you go. And she'll hand her the flask to wash down her pills. Because um, 1920s. <laughs> so okay, so one of us has to do a medicine check. Yeah, I'll, no, I'll do one. Like okay, so I'm going you, over. Like mind uh, How are you? Um, how are you holding up? Oh, I still have this annoying limp. Um, what exactly? I mean, we all it, everything was happening so fast, um, and I'm I'm sorry I wasn't able to to visit you at the hospital. Um, what exactly? May, may I look? Oh yes. I don't quite remember what happened in the last episode where, like, was I, I like, impaled? Yeah, yeah, I think you got During something the... in the gut or something. That's yeah. what I was thinking I was remembering. Yeah, so it's a big wound that is, you know, that is healed, but there's a lot, there's, you know, a lot of scar tissue and just yeah. red, and it's it's yeah. not, like, oozing, but you're, you're... It's enough so that it's, like, it started to heal, but you haven't recovered yet. And the only reason I know that is, like, because I just went through it after surgery. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it looks fine, but I no, just want to lay down like all day. <laughs> well, we might just have to unwrap this and, and maybe just clean off the wound and redress oh. it. Um, let me let me really find aren't... a fainting couch. I'm going to puke really more. <laughs> God, are you watching? I mean, we don't really have any medical supplies, but I'll and the ship's rocky. So, but I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, I say as as Nora has fifty points, so we're we're looking fifty oh, fifty here okay. on now. Some... We're going to succeed here, but um, extreme success. Extreme Ooh, success. She's got some seven medical treatment under on row twenty. 50. Yeah, I like that. Ooh, this is nice. Ooh, you guys don't have to do these rolls, but they are kind of fun to see, especially yeah. the uh, the functionality of Revolt 20. All right, so 700 for extreme success. Uh, yeah, you're going to get two bonus die, and uh, I would think you're going to pass this. So, so she'll just pour some of her vodka on a, onto this. <laughs> Ooh, that stings. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's only going to sting for a little bit. I fully trust you. Um, so you're going to do a con, con check. Yeah, if you get an extreme success, automatic. If you get a re- regular success, you heal one hit point, which is enough to re- remove your major wounds. So I think oh, you're pretty much fine. And she gets the bonus die because Nora Two bonus smashed. die. Oh, two one bonus. for the first class accommodations you like on a nice little <laughs> couch listen, and then another one. Listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> feel what the- am, okay, my constitution is 55. I rolled an 85. Oh, no. A 65. Oh, uh, no. And a 55. Okay. Oh, wow. Wait, so I think I'm you con made is it. 55. And your con is 55. So that is a regular success. <laughs> uh, and you gain one hit point back. Oh, my God. There's this, like, small part of my brain that says you have to go under it for this particular roll, but I think you're fine. And you get that hit point back. So you're still not at full. You just get one hit point. However, because you're... What's your total hit points? 12. 12. So now that you're at six, which is your halfway point, you've recovered from your major wound. So you're still down six hit points. But I will say over the course of uh, between now and London, you'll be back at full. All of you, cool. if you had taken any hit point oh. damage. But it's when you have that major wound, you don't recover in a normal rate like everybody else. Nice. If you're used to playing D&D, it's a whole different ballgame. You're like, I just wand potion. No, here it's like, <laughs> yeah, wait eight days and you'll get half of your hit points back. Yeah. Um, I'm impressed that you have 12 hit points. That's uh, a... <laughs> yeah. What's I your max there, uh, Ross? No, why? Um, Vaughn has, uh, was, was wounded in the war, so it's taken down his... <laughs> oh. Taken down his somewhat. He's, uh, he's nine. A gentleman's nine. A nine max? Nine max. Oh, yes. shit. Dang. He's a fragile Crazy. creature at the moment. Oh, fragile Vaughn. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, he's maybe like wrapping himself up in blankets, like near the promenade deck, reading uh, um, Revelations of Divine Love or something. And also, he's maybe snooping around to see if he can get a glimpse at life as a god. Oh, oh, the book, the book. Sorry, so I thought casually you said. <laughs> That's the book, right. That's a book, yeah. That's one of the books we got. Carter wants to see if there's a... Is there an improv troupe on this? <laughs> is there this, entertainment? The entertainment? I want to see some it's, musical improv, maybe some games. If it's short like form. the one I worked on. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You, you go to the Spinnaker Lounge. Yeah. I want to see PM. some new choice, and I want to see it now. Yeah. There's, uh, there are nightly performances by a jazz band. Oh, gross. <laughs> hmm. It's the wrong gosh. kind of improv. I mean, it's pretty nice if you're in first class and you get the you know the the entry to these things. It's a nice little party. Again, it's just like the trappings of normalcy. If you spend any time at these parties, though, you just keep getting flashes to that Erica Carlisle party, and you just like all those socialites and and just how weird it was, and you knowing what you knew and wondering what she knew, and being in Carlisle's library trying to unlock like what led him. To do all this, yes, um, and father, <laughs> father, there canoodling with a young lady. Like we're at the party, but we're like the goth kids in the corner who are like, yes, these losers. <laughs> yeah, not Vaughn. He's lovers. This is what he wants. He's <laughs> <laughs> kind of yeah, bopping away, uh, listening, and but but still clearly distracted, and occasionally, and you notice that he's nervous, maybe in a way you haven't clocked him. This doesn't look like insanity. It's more like he's just kind of looking around at all these other English people who are returning home. He's around more English folks than he's been around for a while. Vaughn, you are being weird. Like, hmm? m- more weird than normal. Uh, oh, Fraulein, sir, are you... <laughs> um, doesn't, doesn't it uh, stir something in you uh, returning, as it were, to the not to the continent precisely, but to the arms of Europa. Um, I mean, if we were going to Germany, maybe I'd feel different, but I know that's not where we're going. Yes. Uh, I've been away a great long time. I, when, uh, when I returned back to the, back to Eagles Grange, my, my family estate, don't you know, I was rather sequestered. I've not really participated in the social life of of the scene for quite some time. What do you miss the most about home? Hmm. <laughs> I'm afraid it may be things I'll, I'll never get back, but, but I, I miss some... Um, I miss the way the sun comes through the orchards on Eagles Grange in springtime, the murmurs of the... of the brooks and streams... The jolly little fields, styles leading into cow pastures and the uncultivated earth. I, um, I don't feel particularly at home in the, in the smoky environs of, of London, but, um, and I, and I confess that perhaps I'm a bit, um, I've a bit of the edge at seeing Mother again, <laughs> if, as no doubt you'll insist upon seeing me. You are going to bring us to your estates. I, I, we are invited. Well, 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 well. Of course, but um, <laughs> I, I don't know if our mission allows for a, a jaunt sure by train we'll up to Oxfordshire. 
Uh, I yes, sense well, a bit if, of. If you want to see the old place, there when you mentioned her, though, do you not have a good relationship with your mother? Oh no, the best, the best. <laughs> I may think. Uh, well, perhaps uh, you and I, Mister Bron, both know how complicated parents can be. Very well, very well indeed. And he stares at you for a long time. Would you catch dance? You know, I would. Mm. Uh, and in in Feyruz's mind, I think in this setting and the things that she's been dealing with, um, she wouldn't normally have said yes had it been anybody else, but there's something comforting about Vaughn's slight madness because the chaos of this entire situation because it is something that we have so the four of us have so uniquely and intimately bonded over this oddly is comforting and so this in its chaos and madness is <laughs> exactly the remedy that she needs for the moment it's kind of like well at least I'm not Vaughn <laughs> 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 on my craziest day, I'm not Vaughn. Get over here, you crazy bastard! Yes. So go out there on the on the dance floor and feel the slight rocking of the yeah of the seas. We take a turn even about the floor, like the twirling of it and getting the slight dizziness of it is taking her away from the things that she's been feeling. Yes. Carter rolls up to Margo's like, they got a fucking water slide upstairs. Oh, that sounds like a dream. Oh I wish God. I could go. Did you go on it? I'm thinking about it. I, I, I need to get, you know, I've got I'm my swimsuit. Yeah, I've got my swimsuit. It's the ones that, you know, goes down to my knees, but up to my shoulders. Yeah, the full singlet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's me know when you go, when you go gonna, down. You want to go right now? I'm fucking yeah. drunk. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> don't you I don't think the they let us in there right now. The midnight chocolate buffet, sir. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> um, if uh, if Faerus and Vaughn are left sort of alone at the table for a little bit, um, um, Vaughn looks particularly nervous. Like he's kind of like. Smoking more rapidly than than normal. <sighs> she'll take it out of his hand just because he's fidgeting so much. She'll take like a long drag off of it just to like slow him down, and hands it back. Well, what you is it? You have a very steady hand, Mister Braun. I've seen you in a pinch many times. They're not only strong in body, but uh, I dare say strong in spirit. You've kept a level head where, the, where others have failed. It's um, been challenging. Yes, I, I don't. I don't doubt. I don't know what reserves of strength you draw upon, but um, you bear it well. Ah, uh, your. Uh, I dare say it's a. Uh, must be strange the pressures that your father puts on you. It's. I mean, 
You are right in that it is a extremely complicated relationship. Yes. It's there are so many questions left unanswered, and I know, I know, he has sent me here for something much deeper than than what we've recently discovered, and I just want to know how he ties into all of this. You know. Yes, of course.、Uh, mysteries within mysteries, wheels within wheels. And so it is good, don't you think? Finding finding succor and、uh, security, comfort where one can where one can find it, given that the world is so much more complicated than it was when the veils of childhood were pulled from our eyes. I have to say, I've from the beginning of our. Journey together. <laughs> I'm not the same person that I was. I can't. How do you? How does? How is it that you could see the things that we have seen? Knowing you and I, yes, we know that they're real. Yes, we understand. And, 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 and Carter and Margot. I mean, we all.、Yes. We all. We know that it is real, and it is. And how is it that? I, I just, I just feel like walking through this world where everybody else is enjoying themselves and, and can carefree. It's, yes. It's how it, it's. It feels like walking through a dream. How is it that you can just carry on? Mr. Brown, your strength and alacrity of mind never cease to amaze. You're describing precisely how I felt upon returning from the war. So as we're walking through a dream. That everyone else had found the capacity to wake, but I was still somehow asleep, with no way of communicating to them what what what, what nightmares I had beheld. And now, even more so, now even more so. But you understand, there is a great comfort in that, and I think you also understand what duty is—duty to an institution of learning, duty to a family, and the expectations that one must.、Uh, One must、uh, bear、uh, the burdens that one must bear, and how there are, there are those, yes.、Um, and how,、uh, how, 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 how much of a comfort it is when there is there can be one who understands you, who could bear some moiety of that burden.、Uh, I, I, my, <clears throat>、uh, I will come out with it, Mister Brown. My, ah.、Uh, <clears throat> When I, when I left for Nepal and、uh, parts unknown, the, the circuit that brought me to、uh, Peru, my, my family expected to, me to return with a, a treasure of a sort that I did not return with, and they're certainly expecting me to return with it this time.、Uh, so much to say that I, I, I believe I'm speaking to one who understands me. I'm afraid her nerves have robbed me. Of the ability to speak, so I will be blunt.、Uh, Mister Brown, would you consider ever、um, fulfilling the the duties that your that your father has、uh, put you to, and that my mother expects of me? And、um, have you given any thought to the、uh, subject of matrimony? Oh, um. To be honest,、um, to be perfectly honest, before we had 
ventured off on this mystery that's unfolding, I I thought that if I ever found a person that I would want to be betrothed to, that it would have to be not due to status and due to fulfilling some sort of need of expectations from my family. I always thought that if I did, it would be because I I just couldn't bear to be away from them. Ah, yes, of course. Um, you are a better person than I. Uh, but... Miss Chabron, uh, you must think me a terrible coward. No, 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 listen. Come on. <sighs> I understand the situation that you're in, and I, and I... I mean, I can't fully understand. I just know that it is a very... It must be very difficult on you. And I'm, I'm trying... I, I can't say that I fully understand, but I, you have my deepest empathy of being forced to live in a manner that doesn't bring you any joy. Uh, and so, uh, if it does help with any sort of familial tension... I can say to you as your friend that I would help you in any way that you need. Oh. But I want you to understand, Vaughn, that these things that we're facing are so far beyond the normal pressures of life. These things that we've seen that can't be explained outside of the four of us The things that we're uncovering, it's its not just a danger to us, but at some point, it's a danger to all of us, to this whole world. And I've, I've seen you struggling. I have. But you need to, whatever thing that gives you strength, whatever thing that gives you hope, I need you to dig down and find that within you because you need to be strong enough to fight this because if we can't, what hope is there for this whole world? Your words are a great comfort to me, Mr. Brown. Would that I had the reserves of strength that you seem to possess and bear so gracefully. I... I am attempting to draw strength from faith and yet, uh, I, I am not the first to contend with, with the silence of the Almighty when the legions of darkness appear so articulate. <laughs> but you, um... I get some strength from, from you, from Freiland Sauer, God, even from Tillinghast. And, um... I... I will be strong for you. And consider my offer. I, uh... I know that I cannot be the man that you need or that you desire, but um, 
I will never judge you for any fulfillment that you would need to seek elsewhere. And I know that you would... I hope that you would not judge me for the same. I would never... But my... There are certain duties that one must bear. You understand? I've said my piece and said too much. Uh, Give it consideration. And he will uh, kind of stand up and I... You've been... You've been more patient than I would be under similar circumstances. And he'll uh, take a huge drink of whatever was sitting on the table and walk away. (laughs) (laughs) Just leaving Faber's there, dumbfounded, as Margot and Carter come stumbling back. Drenched from the pool. (laughs) Drenched from the pool with like towels. uh, That was so fun. Wasn't that great? Uh, Oh, man. What's going on? He just looks at Faber's. What's up, sourpuss? <laughs> um, nothing. Just, just a lot to um, to consider. Uh, Where did Vaughn go? Uh, he needed to step out for some fresh air. Oh. Um, where were you? <laughs> we were at the water slide. So they have a water slide. Have you heard of this? It's a slide. I've never heard of any such thing. Yeah, you go through. Like a- you scream. You land in the pool. It's wonderful. Like from a children's playground. It's like uh, a think, but it's water. Yeah, there was a there was like a line, there was like a sign and it had a line that said you must be this high and we were well over well, Margot just barely. But we I got right in go. there. Yeah. Yeah, Margot just watched. I was sp- splashing around. Yeah. So funny. Well, yeah, I'm not much of a swimmer, hilarious. but um Sounds like you two had much more fun than any of these people. She's like looking and dancing around, not Vaughn, but like she's just looking at everybody else, just kind of, uh, you know, people watching that everybody just trying to uh, draw attention to themselves and wanting to be seen. These people, they never think about death. So how could you truly have fun if you don't think about death often, all the time? Yeah. I have, in the short time that we've been away from each other have missed you so much <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, bring it in guys and Carter's all soggy the three of you hug and we just cut to Vaughn who has uh, maybe walked outside to get some fresh air <sighs> bracing it's cold you're alone on the uh, side of the ship just uh, looking up at the moon the only thing you see on the horizon and maybe in the distance you hear the band striking up <clears throat> an instrumental version of Me and My Shadow. And you turn. And you look back to the moon. That's just this group of dark clouds seems to go in front of it and blot it out for a moment. And we'll be back right after this break. We've probably put out uh, thousands of episodes at this point. It feels like that. And that was a network first. Uh, <laughs> do I hear wedding bells? You mean uh, the water slide, right? The, the water, water slide. slide. Yes, the water first slide. water slide in <laughs> network Maybe. history. And also a really good scene with uh, <laughs> Ross and Nora. Yeah, it was fun. Um, Whatever. But uh, yeah, all right. So this, I mean, man, this boat ride, a lot of people are probably like, and you're in London. Nope. We just raised the stakes. 
Um, let's talk a little bit about London. Again, I don't want to bore people too much with the history, but you know, if you're into this, uh, either as a listener or as a player, I think it may uh, be helpful to kind of set the scene of what London is like uh, in 1920s. I was never a big history guy. just wasn't my jam. I liked math. Um, but I think it's important to, uh, to uh, not important, but it could be helpful for generations um, leading up to this point, London and its suburbs comprise the greatest city known to man. Uh, approximately seven and a half million people live in the greater London area uh, as of the time of you arriving. Not only the largest, London is also the wealthiest city in the world. It wouldn't be until much later that New York would overtake the uh, sprawling city on the Thames. But at the time of our story, uh, London is the queen of civilization and, of course, the heart of the British Empire. However, it's right around this time that the cracks are beginning to show. Uh, as they write so eloquently in the book, a dark scar lies beneath the fields of England. The Great War claimed a generation, with most families losing at least two of their number in the conflict. And for many of the aristocracy, heirs have been lost. Servants no longer serve, and the power once guaranteed by bloodline is being usurped by nouveau riche industrialists. Behind the facade of the Roaring Twenties, the British class system, right around the time, right like exactly at this time, is slowly bleeding to death. There are labor strikes all over the place. People want more pay. They want better conditions. This never happened uh, before World War I. And those going about London streets are likely to see picket lines all over the place. Um, modernization is starting to grip London, um, but the overall economic position of England is not so good. Uh, there was a bit of a boom at the end of the Great War, but by 1920, the economy has slumped and industries like coal, which used to be the thing, are in steep decline. Unemployment rose when servicemen returning from the front couldn't get hired, couldn't find any jobs, which only added to the general rise of joblessness that wouldn't dissipate until the on onset of the Second World War. Um, everywhere you're going to go about London, London, signs of unemployment and poverty are noticeable everywhere, and the jobless are seen wandering uh, London streets, um, if not looking for jobs, agitating for political change. It is a city in the midst of discompopulation. And that is where you find yourselves when you arrive in Southampton and take a train to London. Nine days it takes you. There's a bit of a weather, a bit of a weather situation on the back end of your trip. But nine days later, you are in London. You have a lot of uh, options for accommodation. Uh, there are cheap hotels in the slums where you can sidle up next to criminals and lowlifes, but also keep a low profile. If that's something you want to do. Uh, hmm. There are B&Bs just outside of London proper in the more suburban and rural areas of the English countryside, maybe on the way to Eagles Grange. Um, and then there are grand hotels like the Ritz, the Savoy, uh, Claridge's and Browns, and another Waldorf, oddly enough, all of which are located in central London, along with some less glamorous options like the Cavendish, Grosvenor Court, and the Langham. Um, so be thinking about where you want to stay. And, and the last thing I'll say is, uh, you know, 1920s London is known 
for the London fog, uh, the peculiars, as they call it, uh, because of the coal coal fires and factory pollution uh, in this age of industrialization. Uh, also called the pea supers, the fogs were so dense and unpredictable that people uh, would often find navigation almost impossible. Um, and uh, the fog would be in various colors. It's not just like gray fog. Sometimes it would be yellow, brown, green fog, uh, and, and you can feel it on your skin. It's damp. It's cloying everywhere you go. Um, and we'll say it's that greenish-gray fog that you find yourselves in as your train splits the fog and arrives in London Station. Got a few leads. Uh, it's uh, midday. You want to find a hotel? You want to hit the ground running? You want to get a bite to eat? <laughs> what do you want to do? Wow. So we want to start with Mickey, probably, right? Do we want to do that immediately, or... I feel like what we time, shouldn't go to the cop first. Yeah. What time of day is it? Midday. Midday, around about noon? Yeah, midday. I'd say probably at noon, noon 30. Got the do we scoop? want to figure out where our lodgings are before we start, or mm-hmm. do we want to go mm-hmm. right for looking for the scoop? She says to her fiancé. <laughs> just decided. I don't know. Um, I guess. Pen- I guess I could drop uh, off my shotgun at the, wherever we stay. She just comes yeah. out of the train with it on her shoulder. <laughs> Greetings, Londoners. Mm-hmm. Vaughn has a huge trunk that is like maybe kind of they've wrestled onto a cab or something. And is uh, yes, yeah, so I suppose we should find a lodging. Uh, Jesus, Vaughn, I can't see shit. What is this? This is some how did the Baskervilles kind of. <laughs> Crap. Yeah, well, yes, Tillinghouse, I told you I didn't so much care for the environs of London. This is part of the reason. This is sort of this atmospheric miasma that blows up from time to time. My God. God damn. Although, uh, it does smack of home. It gets a lung full of green fog. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah, let's, where are we going to hole up? Yes, rule Britannia and all that. Where's, um, let's see, uh, well, we have been uh, living rather... High on the hog, as, yes, as uh, you Americans say. Uh, so, um, keep it going, you say? We should not. Um, yes, some of what am I saying? I wouldn't be caught dead at Grosvenor's. To the Ritz! <laughs> <laughs> to the Ritz! Well. Let me show you a okay, map well, of London while you guys are disca- uh, discussing here. Uh, I mean, they got a. They got a. Uh, what did we say about before? I've added it uh, to your uh, sidebar there, and then uh, I've blown it up. But it shows you kind of where everything is, and they've even included where the scoop is, number 13 on the list. Um, Holy smoke. We should probably go where they're least asked questions, or least be suspicious. Homie, just the handouts in this game. Right? (laughs) These letters are – I mean, it's – I feel like my tone is reading complaining, but it's like, it's only because like our window of, of, is so tight for these recordings and I would just want to pour over these for hours. I got to do it in my own time. This map has a key with like 45 <laughs> bullet points on it. In the smallest font, like, oh, there we go. Okay. I expanded You don't know where South Wark Bridge is? <laughs> well, what does all of this mean? Yeah, there's a lot going on here. And, you know, this is really to give you a, uh, a sense of London, not to be like, hey, there's an encounter in all 45 of those. Um, <laughs> it's just to give you the give you the lay of the land. And obviously, These are yeah, the mini they, quests. 
These are, these are all 45 mini quests, uh, like Skyrim. You don't have to do all of them. Um, but you, <laughs> you know, it just, uh, Mass is known for its handouts. I mean, honestly, the, the box set comes with book one, book two, and then a thing that's just as thick with all of the handouts uh, from here. And this map is, uh, is beautiful. But this is, this is London uh, at the time of your arrival here. And, uh, yeah, you, you're thinking the Ritz, huh? Yeah, okay. All the things on here, I don't know if the Ritz is listed. Or the Waldorf. We've got a good connection with them until the walls are ripped out by giant You probably talents. have the uh, the club card. You get like right, right. Job. I suppose that's a that's a good that's a fallback. Yeah. We've we've gotten used to it. Well, the advantage of going to a higher end place is that if was as long as we're spending the money, nobody really pays too much attention to what you're doing. Yes. If we are staying at very meager accommodations, we may have a little more anonymity. But do we really? Because we. We might stick out even more and then face the dangers of possibly being, uh, having things stolen. Yes. So. And, and to being, being observed. That is, um, one must, must uh, always be on one's guard. Remember that Elias uh, was on the trail of something here. Right. And, um, even though the, the soup is in the air. Mm. There are eyes everywhere. Right, so a rich place, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, let's do... Uh, so I'm looking given... at a map here. The Ritz, by the way, is just north of Buckingham Palace, which is uh, number, <laughs> number 39. Uh, I don't know if it has to be that nuts. I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm suddenly like concerned about yeah. ones like That gives me a great idea. What do you think? Should we talk to the queen? Uh, like, Should we get an audience with her and just... <laughs> Talk to her about this, like kind of otherworldly uh, threat that's going on. Maybe yes. we get knighted. Talk about tentacles over tea. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Did, like the PFG have... that hasn't been written yet. It would be George V, I think, at this time. Oh right, shit. Well, maybe we talk to his daughter. <laughs> you the, can speak to the, the queen, and that would be a good way of getting into the game. Like ten. <laughs> Tillinghast, this isn't some some hillock bumpkin situation like the swampy little Washington, D.C. where I can just walk up without an appointment and shake Woodrow Wilson's hand. <laughs> we should probably discuss some sort of uh, backstory reason why we're here. Oh, we just go up to her. We say, hey, we're colonizers. You Not like us. Royalty. I, I mean, I mean, when we go visit anywhere, when we're going to find information... Yes, we can't yes, just be like, yes. hey, we, we saw a bunch of weird shit, and uh, now we're looking for information that our, that our dead friend left us. Too we right, can't, too I mean, right. what, what, is our, what is our cover? Hmm. Um, well, when, I suppose when uh, Jackson himself was moving in these circles, it was to gather um, information for his writings. Yeah. Uh, to be an author. Um, perhaps some... Um, so are we are collective on yes, like Carter with your book. Mm-hmm. I can say for my arts. Well, we've got Jonah Kensington. We can name drop. You know, we're here. It's going to be illustrated by Margot. It's written uh, by me, of course. Favors is doing the research. Uh, research. research. Yes. And uh, and Vaughn's sort of our translator. He is our benefactor. Yeah, yeah. Too, yeah. Um, I'm doing the illustrations for the book. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> All right, I, th- I think that could work. It's good cover, guys. Man, we're already at it. There's a there, there's a place on the key called Gray's Inn. If we don't want to be like too wild and fancy, and it's nearby 
where the scoop is. It's number five. Um, oh, Grace Inn. So I don't know like what area that is. That's also nine is the Penhue Foundation, so we're also kind of close to that. Yeah, okay. and then the British Museum is nearby, so like maybe it's a, f- a fine middle of the I road place. I believe Grey's Inn. Um, I can go actual... see all the artifacts of my. Uh, Grey's Inn isn't so much an inn as it is a neighborhood. Um, sort of a. Well, so why, why would they they name, they name it? Uh, an inn. I could this see Margot looking city. at a map. I yeah. found a place. I found the inn. Yes, it's one of the inns of court. You see, Fräulein Sauer. Um <laughs> I hate this place. Yeah. Why uh, would you? What about uh, what about Jack the Ripper? Is he around? Oh, do they have My like God, a tour? I should hope not. Isn't he like a prince like or something? In, like what? they do in Hollywood. That's not a theory I've heard. <laughs> I think he was late. Uh, late 19th century? Yeah, Carter's like just like, I've read from hell. I know what's going on here. <laughs> I see you. Another. Well, so uh, are we doing something more location I think based? the audience wants to see us continue to want, figure out where we're going to stay. <laughs> yeah. Only um, to have me be like, I'm sorry, we don't have any rooms left at the Cavendish. <laughs> Perfect. Certainly <laughs> not for a German. More minutes. Shall Let's we, go to shall some we? upper crusty <laughs> place that's not too uh, uncomfortable for Vaughn, but that's you know, comfortable yeah. for us. I am wanna... used yeah. to a certain, um, although I have been living, living at rough for several years after the war, but... Um, uh, but we've we've grown so used to the Waldorf. Why don't we return to its arms? Hmm? Yeah, and Favor just kind of going che- mentally checks the box. Like, well, he likes nice places. <laughs> it could be worse. Mental <laughs> checklist of like how to make it work. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> like a pros, pros and cons. And cons. <laughs> Pro yes, Pro. has money. Pro has money. Just Con. a dollar sign. Insane. <laughs> 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 has right. tried to kill us several times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Looking yes, at the, uh, the an actual Waldorf. Google map here, it appears that the uh, the Waldorf is right around where like 15 is near the Royal Courts of Justice. 18, like right nice. right to the north of the bend there. Ah, um, yes. Right to the north of the Waterloo Bridge, perhaps. Hmm. If I'm looking at this correctly. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly where it is. If you were to take the Waterloo Bridge, it is on that road. Not too far uh, from the scoop. Yes, not too far from the scoop, and uh, now currently owned by Hilton. Uh, all right, so <laughs> Great. you check in, and uh, they take you to your room, and it's the same exact room number that you had in New York. So you're just like, that's eerie. Uh, oh, yes, so we have a room for you right now. Blah, 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 blah. Guy takes you up, uh, takes a tip, leaves you in this room and it is uh, beautiful complete styled completely differently uh completely different layout um but it does have a balcony i imagine that's the first thing margo sees uh, balcony we should I check for emergency exits <laughs> check check the just check behind the curtain in the bathroom no good. tentacles no tentacles no dead bodies no masks i think we're good yeah uh and then do you want to uh, after you uh, you know do a little uh, Unpacking, maybe head over to the scoop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a little freshen up. Scoop, All little right, zhuzh the, to the hair. Little zhuzh <laughs> action. This uh, fog is really fucking with Carter's hair. Yeah, I imagine it's, <laughs> everyone's a little frizzy, droopy. The <laughs> offices of the scoop are easily found uh, on the third floor of a shabby building in Fleet Street, not far from Ludgate Circus. Sweeney Todd style. 
<laughs> That's right, yeah. I know nothing about London, but yes, I, I recognize things like that. You get there and you take a lift oh. up to the third floor and uh, there is a, uh, a sign uh, and uh, it's just a just says the scoop and it's kind of like in a uh, it's not very classy looking wow the door all is, caps <laughs> all caps the scoop. with an exclamation point the scoop exclamation point <laughs> I'm excited and, for this there's nothing classier than a London newspaper <laughs> knock I'm assuming and uh a uh, a like little thing in the door, like a little window opens, and you see uh, this guy's eyes. He's like, "How can I help you?" Oh boy! Oh. Yes. I I turn to the party. Was like, just listen to that brogue. It could be none other than the notorious Irishman Mickey Mahoney. <laughs> You're not. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I have to ask you. Are you police? Oh, far from it now. Are you uh, the the spouse of someone that uh, we we wrote a scathing column about? Do you have a lot of those? Well, we do, we, do, we we write a lot of sensational stories here. We get a lot of people that aren't happy with what we write. Just making sure you're not here looking for trouble. Oh, oh no, no, not at all. Uh, oh, where are? How many are you back there? Researchers um, and such. Writers working on a book. Uh, nothing scathing at all. Uh, just, just wanted to see if you would be able to assist us in uh, in the research that we're doing. Yes, we're um we're representatives of a uh, a small imprint called Prospero House. Um, do I have the pleasure of speaking to uh, the esteemed writer Mickey Mahoney? Mickey Mahoney, yes, yeah, that's me. Yes, the editor in chief here of the scoop. Ah, well. <laughs> No I see my reputation precedes itself. Publication. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, we Rob are not can't a... even be... <laughs> Oh boy. Rob is you out. just see like red hair bouncing in this little window. <laughs> oh, I'm just oh. inventing a shamrock shake. <laughs> oh my god. I see you've read my you know of my work. <laughs> yes, we know of your work somewhat, but more so we know of your friends, for we too are friends of Mr. Jackson Elias. Jackson Elias. Hold on. He shuts the window, and then you hear, like, unlock, 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 unlock. He opens the door. Uh, uh, Please, uh, come in. Kind of looks at Carter. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I'm a yank. Uh, <laughs> more the mask. Uh, oh, right. He, okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> he is. Uh, you see him. He's got like a flop sweat under a t-shirt with suspend. Or not t-shirt. A uh, like a white button-down shirt with suspenders. Just sweaty, sweaty armpits. Armpits. He's way armpits. overweight. He's got uh, armpits. He's got uh, red, red hair that's kind of all over the place. And uh, he's got a cigar in his hand that he kind of puts in his mouth and is like. Please, come in, sit. And he brings you into this tiny little office. It's got like, uh, there's there's a couple of uh, guys just sitting there smoking cigarettes uh, by a typewriter. And they just kind of look at you. Maybe they double take when they see Carter and then they go back to. Yep, I'm American. Just, uh, <laughs> just <laughs> like typing away one finger at a time. And he's like, please come, come back into my office here. Uh, have a seat. And he just kind of brushes off uh, a couch that had like. Food and newspapers on it. Have a seat. Have a seat. You, you, you say you're friends of uh, Jackson Elias. Yes. 
the uh, wires were a buzz uh, about his uh, passing, even all the way over here. I, 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 I know, I, I know, I, I, there are murders all the time in in New York City, but that one was particularly gruesome enough. So no, that we it saw was, it. We were we saw it face face first. You saw it. You saw the the, the murder. I, I I don't understand. Oh wait, hold on. This is off the record. Just so you know. Well, we, well, we didn't in your rag. We didn't I, I see the murder. We, we didn't see the murder. No, we no, saw no. the aftermath. We, we were there shortly after. We came I can late. assure you, normally I would I would run with a story like this. Salacious stories are our bread and butter around here, but but Mr. Elias was a kind man when he met, and it, it would be in poor taste. Uh, so rest assured, uh, anything you tell me with regards to Jackson Elias, at least, you know, if you, if you saw any of uh, the local starlets uh, changing in the bathroom and took some pictures, I'll take those. Oh, but uh, as, it, as it pertains to Mr. Elias, uh, you're, I, I, I won't be writing any stories about that. Okay, appreciate that. Yes, well. Uh, it's the timing of everything that is very curious and suspicious, since we do know that he was here very uh, shortly before all of this happened to him. And so we're just trying to piece together what he might have learned about, what who he was speaking to. We're just, in addition to... You know, these, what we're trying to find out. We just would really, as friends, like some closure on the situation. Can I ask, uh, did, did they ever find out who did it? It sounded like that they, they, he was uh, eviscerated and, and maybe there was something carved on, on his body somewhere. As we said, Mr. Mahoney, we saw the aftermath. We arrived too late and saw precisely what those blackguards had done to him. Yes. He. The abominable cruelty that they executed on poor Mr. Elias. Um, well, perhaps your publication, as he maybe looks at some of the <laughs> issues on the wall, traffics in that sort of uh, bloodshed. If it bleeds, it leads and all that. Well, let me assure you, Mr. Mahoney, it bled. He was butchered, sir. And, and did they catch those responsible for it? They Not got only gone. they, but we... Oh, God, just horrible. He was such a kind man, uh, you know, maybe a bit touched, but uh, but very sweet, good conversationalist. Um, he was he was here in, in, in London and, and met with me a few months back. Uh, he promised me a story about uh, an evil cult operating right here in the heart of the city. Um, right, right. Wait, I... <clears throat> excuse me. Yes. Uh, you say uh, operating here in the heart of the city. That's what he said. That's what he said. He was he was looking for information and uh, wanted to look through some of our back issues, which I, I, I had to tell him, even though I'm a, a fan of our work here, it's not exactly all true. Uh, but he uh, seemed to uh, be be interested in what we had to say, and so I I let him have at it. We had some we had some good chats, and uh, yeah, he, he he believed there was a, a cult operating right here in London, and 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 hinted that it might uh, might have some uh, higher up connections. But uh, he he didn't have any hard proof, or at least he didn't show me any hard proof. Uh, sadly, I never got the story from him. Uh, I would love to have it, though, if you if your travels here uncover any dark truths. In fact, I'll give you 15 English pounds if you can bring me all the sexy details. Holy moly! What's Why what, not what's a pound? It's like $75. Oh, shit. We 
have very good reason to believe that this very cult was the one that was responsible for his death, perhaps as a chapter You're saying in our own he vicinity. Was, he was murdered by a cult in New York. And that oh, cult... We know he was murdered by a cult. No, he was murdered by a cult. And that cult may be the same cult that he was researching here? We have reason to believe that... To be. That, um, it would have to be, yes. That this organization is not limited in scope to New York, or it seems London, but is rather global. Wow. Well, he never mentioned the name of the cult, uh, nor did he even talk about any of his, his evolving suspicions. He was keen to browse through our back issues and picked out some stories that caught his eye. Uh, if it's helpful to you, you're welcome to to, to, to look yourself. Um, I remember there were three stories in particular that he uh, was really interested in. Um, maybe I, 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 I remember the titles because I wrote them, <laughs> but uh, I don't remember what, what they pertain to. You're welcome to look through our back issues. Uh, if I give you the titles, you can... Uh, you can. You, you're welcome to look through if it, if it could bring some peace to your mind, and uh, if it were to lead to a story that I could perhaps publish one day, where we could do a little quid pro quo here, and I'll leave your friend Jackson out of it. I'm not looking to to make any money off of a, off of a tragedy, but there might be an opportunity here. You know, a lot of power in the press. Yes, oh, I'm a writer myself. I understand what you're talking about. You're a writer. Well, yes. what have you written? I'm. Car- it's in progress. Uh, it's a novel. Novelist, are you? Oh, great, of great magnitude. Wow, good for you. Well, I can see Jackson uh, kept kept good company. Can yeah, I ask you? I don't mean to, to pry, but I'm a, I'm a curious man. What, what happened to your What happened to your face? Are you, are you a veteran? I'm a veteran of uh, circumstance, one might say. Um, we all. Yes, I. Uh, while I have been in many life threatening situations, uh, my uh, face was uh, damaged uh, in a more innocuous fashion by what we in America called a horse. Are you saying you were kicked in the face by a horse? I was kicked in the face by a horse. And you lost yeah. half your face from it! Just Do you know how strong a horse is, a horse is especially at hind quarters? All too well. Yeah. Feyre, well. who's standing slightly behind, is like, he's lying. It was a sexual accident. <laughs> <laughs> it was a sexual accident with a horse. Wait, what am I saying? No, 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 not no. The- don't write that. No. <laughs> it was a horse kicked me in the face. My unfortunate deceased You want bride. a salacious tale. We don't need we to get into it now, Feyre's. No, All right, I'm trying Brainiac. to leverage. We got I'm trying it. to leverage. We right. need those titles for the stories. We need to trade for some salacious. We don't need to get into my face. He looks for a pencil on his desk and just starts scribbling something. No, 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 no. Don't write <laughs> no, it. No, no, it's, it's just, I just have an idea for something. No, Man. keep it off the record. Oh, yes, the, sort of hush, a, hush. the sort of equine escapade that these two are describing is an no, epidemic is, in the States. There's no cap oh. in the great action over here. Listen. Half we want to know. man. <laughs> yes. And, yes. might I add... Involved was a uh, a very eligible uh, industrialist's um, daughter. Oh, the, the plot thickens. To sweeten the pot there for you. All right, well, I, I'll, I'll help you any way I can. And, and uh, you know, in turn, if, if things uh, work out, maybe you come back, you give me the full story, I'll zhuzh it up, and yeah. we'll be selling papers. Uh, it'll be great. Win-win. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Listen, can we just what are the fucking what are the three stories? I'm sorry, but the the, the three stories that Jesus. he was most interested in, uh, I, re, I I must have rewrote them from wire or string or copy. I can't remember to give him that little extra whoosh. Um, now I don't know if he followed up on any of these stories. Uh, Elias, your friend, he uh, he seemed rush and rather desperate every time I met with him. In fact, increasingly so as he came back to look around. He'd come around here a couple times, looked at these articles and then just left as quickly as he uh, had come and, and, and went back to New York last I heard uh, and I never saw him again but uh, anyhow um, I remember the headlines there I don't remember what they were about there were, were some of my best what was it one was a, it, it it almost had me wouldn't that make you see that on the front page of the scoop what almost had you you'd buy that fucking paper was there like a, a very cool illustration at the front of it of what almost had them? No, we don't. We sometimes we'll take photos and we'll we'll try to uh, embellish them a little bit, but we ah. don't have an artist on staff. Right. Times are a little tough here. Maybe I could we have an you. Amazing, we have an amazing artist. You're an artist. I, also a photographer. A photographer so. as well. Well, we always need a photographer. I have some pretty sick photos from New York. Sick <laughs> photos from New York. <laughs> You're speaking my language. Now, if you head over and find one of the royals in their underwear, I'll give you... All right, all right. No, 20 it, pounds. It almost had me as one of them. What else? I don't know. It almost had me! Exclamation point. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, police baffled by monstrous murders! Well, what exclamation else? Exclamation point. Uh-huh. I like to end most of my headlines with exclamation points. I feel like it really draws the listener in. Just Reader. really yell at them. Yes, you, you you don't end only your headlines, Mr. Mahoney, but your your patterns of speech are punctuated by exclamations as well. I haven't um, talked to another person <laughs> in weeks. I've been waiting to roleplay this since episode one. <laughs> Anyhow, police baffled by monstrous murder. Ah. <laughs> I've been watching Far and Away this for months. <laughs> <laughs> and then what was the other one? Oh, this one has two exclamation points. Ready? What was it? <laughs> Fuck, I can't remember. Slaughter continues! Wait. Reward offered! Exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Slaughter continues! Reward offered! And I'll be damned if I can remember what they were about. Truth be told, I probably used those headlines over and over again for other stories. Uh, just we kind of recycle things from time to time when it's a slow news day. Sometimes I'll just make shit up. That's what the scoop is. It's kind of a, it's a little fun time. Sometimes there's a little bit of truth in there. And then sometimes you meet a guy from New York that's tied up with some cult stuff. He's got a friend who's an author who gets kicked in the face by a horse while he's having sex with her. I mean, there's all sorts of crazy stuff that you can write about. Anyways, feel free to, uh, Head back into the room with all those things and do some rolls, and maybe you'll find the stories. And uh, you know, you you always have a, a, a home here at the scoop. Uh, you bring me some stories, I uh, I let you know what I know. Great, that's great. Yes, um, thank you, Mister Mahoney. You've been ever so helpful. Yeah, let's. Say that's back. what they say about old Mickey Mahoney, the most helpful guy in London. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I gotta go write a fake story. Okay. Have fun. <laughs> go look for that shit. Bye. Oh my god. What does this pile look like? It's just like. I mean, it's just back issue, back issue, and they're boxes, and they're labeled by month, day, uh, and year, and so there might be some sort of pattern to how they all work. 
Sounds like the uh, your classic library use role to try yep. to make favorites. Yep, let's let's try this out. No whammy, no whammy. Hard success. Oh, yes. hard yeah. success. All right, this would normally take one d four plus one hours to try and find, uh, but with a successful roll, not, not only that, a hard success, uh, less than an hour, you're able to track down these articles. Maybe since Jackson was digging through them, and not a lot of people are digging through the back issues of the scoop, they're like dog-eared or sticking out from the boxes. They were a little bit easier to find once you figured out the system. So, obviously, we were talking about handouts earlier. I'm going to have handouts of each of these. Uh, Let's take a look at what they are. I just love the map up here. Oh, man. They really, the handout, the Call of Cthulhu handout game is like no other. Oh, you know, I should also show you, I mentioned earlier the uh, shit you found in, um, whatchamacallit, in Jackson's hotel room, the Penu Foundation card. Mm. Did you see that in your uh, little... No, I can't possibly imagine it, though. <laughs> it's a business card, you're saying? It's a business card. I can't find it. But anyways, there's so much shit here, I can't find anything. Uh, where are my handouts? Oh, here are my handouts. Okay. Oh, uh, ah, here it is. This is the... Uh, that's the, oh, yeah. the business card for Edward Gavigan, I the director of the like Penu Foundation. Yes. 35 Tottenham Court Road, London, West yes. First. We'll be and paying then, a visit uh, to you. All right, so it almost had me. Who wants to give this one a read? Uh, uh, I mean, I, I, okay. Okay. Oh, please, Nora. Go for it. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Go for it. Yeah, uh, Favreuse pulls it out and then Carter rips it out of her hand. <laughs> <laughs> I got this one. It's in, uh, it's in English. Great. It Almost Had Me by Mickey Mahoney. Oh, we met that guy mm-hmm. from a correspondent. Glasgow resident. Glasgow, what the fuck? That's Glasgow. Glasgow. Oh, right, yeah. Scotland. Mr. Alan McGann had an unwelcome encounter with a... First of all, guys, why the fuck did you say I fucked a horse? <laughs> you said <laughs> you fucked a horse. I didn't say so I fucked a horse. Away. I was trying to di- direct it more towards a debutante. I don't know why we even started to bargain. It yeah, seems to me as though he was going to give it to us for nothing. We have to live. What you okay. want to be written about? I thought that's what you wanted. All right, whatever. I'm going to read. I didn't know how how much he was on our side or not. So much to say, uh, Tillinghast. Now this uh, Mahoney chap thinks that you're, uh, yeah. you're some sort of prevert. So Thanks, best to keep up the front. Well, yeah. appreciate it. Thanks so much. Great impression to make in this country. Glasgow <laughs> resident Mr. Alan McGann had an unwelcome encounter with a monster of darkness while making his way home this last October. On hearing wails and cries, a police officer arrived to find Mr. McGann in distress and removed him to the local station where he was able to give a statement. Quote, it was like, should I do this in a British accent? It was like turning suddenly, knowing something was there, only to find... Oh, wait, he's from Glasgow. This guy's Scottish. <laughs> like turning suddenly, knowing something was there. <laughs> Not going to do this. Only to find nothing. A nothing-possessing hideous life. The dank smell of the fog was replaced by the foul stench of smoldering hair, which reached out and filled my lungs and made it hard to breathe. I began to choke. It meant to kill me. I couldn't see it, only feel its terrible fingers filling my mouth and nose. 
Readers visiting Scotland are advised to be cautious on nighttime rambles in the Glasgow area and to be on the lookout for invisible monsters down dark alleys. This is not a reputable publication, I feel like. (laughs) This is the sort of thing that I'd be prone to chalk up to so much stuff and nonsense had we we not seen um, creatures of the blackest pit ourselves. Yeah. Yes. Here's the okay. uh, other one. Police baffled by monstrous murders. Hmm. I'll read uh, this one. Yeah, you can read that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, me, uh, well, let me expand this. Come on now. All right. <laughs> Police baffled by monstrous murders! Exclamation point. All caps. <laughs> Killer beast. Shot but still alive? Question mark. Derwent Valley residents, shocked last month by two murders at a uh, serious assault on third victim, are still without a satisfactory explanation or perpetrator of the dreadful attacks. At the time, Lesser Edal fought... Lesser Edal? Is that a location? Mm. Lesser Edal... Yes. Lesser Idal farmer George Osgood and resident Lydia Perkins were torn to shreds in apparently unrelated murders on consecutive nights. On the third night, wheelwright Harold Short was nearly killed but managed to drive off his attacker, which he described as gris- as a grisly creature, quote, unquote. Uh, let me see. According to the Lesser, Ed- uh, Lesser Idal Constabulary, the rabid dog was shot and killed on the night of Mr. Short's attack. The police believe this matter to be closed. Nevertheless, local residents have subsequently claimed to have seen and heard a strange beast lurking about the area. Mm. Reportedly, the good folks of Lesser Edel still endure sleepless nights due to the bizarre wailings of the beast on nights of the full moon. Readers of the scoop are reminded of their esteemed journal's long-standing danger protocols, and are advised that the picturesque, uh, the picturesque claws of Devonshire Peak District have been declared to be a zone of high danger! Exclamation point. Residents of the Midlands are advised to remain indoors at night and to report all mysterious happenings to the police and to the scoop. Huh. Are we dealing with werewolves now? Some sort of monstrous oh. wolf? Good lord. <laughs> and, and to begin in Glasgow and now to move down to the Midlands, we're just moving ever closer to... Vaughn, what are the Midlands? What is, where is Lesser Adele? Well, it's sort of um, between uh, Manchester and Sheffield. So things were smack oh. in the middle of England. Okay. Oh, that clears up everything. So we're not <laughs> in London. But it's not in London, is your point. All of these no. places sounds made up. Fantasy, fairy no. places. <laughs> They're not made up. They're quite real places like Oxfordshire and Stoke on Trent and Durant Valley, Derbyshire Peak District. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then you find the last one, and as you pull it out, another article falls out like it was not in the right place, stuffed within it. Um, so you find uh, two things. You find the one you were looking for, which is uh, slaughter continues, reward offered. And then you find this other one called Shocking Canvases Craze. Um, So, uh, Ross, why don't you start with Slaughter Continues Reward Offered. All right. There we go. Uh, Oh. Right. Slaughter Continues Reward Offered. 
An unidentified foreigner was found floating in the Thames last Tuesday, the 24th. Another victim in the so-called Egyptian murders? Inspector James Barrington, familiar, hmm? mm-hmm. of the Yard, refused to comment when asked by the scoop. Sources exclusive to the journal state that the victim had been beaten severely and then stabbed through the heart in a manner curiously similar, similar to other murders that have taken place over the last three years. The connection seems obvious, but New Scotland Yard has yet to confirm that the deaths are connected. Inspector Barrington said his colleagues appeared baffled and no closer to catching the heinous perpetrator of these crimes. Londoners cry out, when will our streets be safe? Readers of the scoop are reminded that this esteemed journal has a reward now standing at £24 sterling for information leading to the apprehension and conviction of the murderer. Be vigilant. Be vigilant. Egyptian murders. Oh. Can I can I roll to see if I know if that what that means? Uh yeah. Um Would it is be there like... a particular skill you were thinking? Um Well there was the whole Cairo uh connection, mm-hmm. right? Wasn't there yeah. something yeah. going yeah, yeah, you've you've heard in your travels in New York that there seemed to be some connection uh to Cairo, to Egypt. Uh, it's come up from time to time. On the trail of certain um We're lousy with letters from Egypt. Um, Um, I'm I'm just looking at your skills that you have here. Uh, History isn't quite right. Uh, Natural world isn't quite right. Like a, like, memory? Memory would be like idea, right? Is that just intelligence? Yeah, it'd be like an idea roll. Um, let's see. Yeah, yeah, and that's straight up intelligence. All right, cool. Oh, I rolled, I rolled a hard success on that one. Hard success. Hey. Yeah, I mean, you would imagine there's a significant number of Egyptian nationals uh, living in London at this time. Um, if there's any truth to this story whatsoever, uh, it's sort of alluding to the fact that, like, they're being killed mm. for some reason. Um, so Egyptian murders, murders of <clears throat> perhaps Egyptian nationals. The cult of the bloody tongue was, was picking off... Um, People in Harlem, back in back in New York. Perhaps there's a pattern here as well to, to their uh, to their horrible crimes. You don't suppose they're making another one of those one of those things? Oh, the flesh pit thing. I don't know. All of these I murders are all very different, and I don't remember in New York they were being stabbed through the heart. Um, yes, or or giant wolves, and spread out so. Of a such a great distance. What's this here? Uh, um. Oh, is this article? Well, uh, this one's about art and surrealists. This is your line, Sour. It's just, <laughs> this, this person sounds like fun. Uh, shocking. I'm not going to read it in a German accent. We'll never get through it. Uh, <laughs> shocking canvases craze. Local artists' monstrous scenes mock surrealists quote-unquote, new collectors can buy savage scenes which rival or surpass the worst nightmares of the Great War, but which are far more exotic than that grim business. London artist Mr. Miles Shipley's work is being sought out by collectors who have paid up to 300 pounds for individual paintings. This correspondent has seen a number of the works of artist Miles Shipley and finds them repulsive beyond belief. Maidens ravish, monsters ripping out a man's innards, 
shadowy, grotesque landscapes, we're going to get along so well. (laughs) (laughs) And faces grimacing in horror represent only a fraction of Shipley's nightmarish work. I... Margo might have to date this man. Um, <laughs> despite their repellent, so German. <laughs> despite their repellent content, these works are conceived and executed with uncanny, bare verisimilitude. Boom! Nailed it. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no!" Slam uh, dunk. Mister Shipley's imagination is sublime, and it is almost as though the artist has worked from photographs. Oh my god! Oh no. Alien- Twins of alien places surely never of this earth. This this is crazy. This artist reportedly is in contact with other dimensions in which powerful beings exist, and he merely renders visible his visions. Whoa. Mr. Shipley is a working-class man without formal artistic training who has nonetheless made good where thousands have failed. Art critics say that Shipley provides an English answer to the continental artistic movement of surrealism. This is so funny whose controversial practitioners still have still have to convince John Bull that the way in which a thing is painted is more important than what is painted. Uh, nothing has been so true. A tip of the hat to Mr. Shipley for exposing his frauds. This is so funny because literally the first episode, I'm like, Margo's getting into surrealism. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have very... to go see Miles Shipley. Yeah. Sounds like a fellow traveler of yours, Sarah. Okay. We have the same process. Carter's like, sounds like he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I regret to say I'm with you, Tillinghast. Uh, call me old-fashioned, but I think the thing that you paint should look like the thing you're trying to paint. Yeah, give me I some, s- uh, you know, some verisimilitude, am I right? Yes, here, here. But what if this, if this man has seen things that imagine trying to explain yes. to the normal person the things that we have seen in a painting? My God. Perhaps um, they're all too... Uh, Perhaps it's not surreal at all, but rather um, figurative and taken from life. Yeah. All right. We can yes. talk to him. That's fine. <laughs> Whatever. So you've got four sort of articles that, that Jackson may have been interested in. One about a, a sort of thing hurting, like going into people's, uh, what does it say? Reached out and filled my lungs and made it hard to breathe. This like... Dank smell of the fog was replaced by the foul stench of smoldering hair, which reached out and filled my. So, some sort of that's up creature in Scotland. Up in Scotland, you know, sounds like a ghost story, right up Jackson's alley, but no, you know, far away from here. Uh, then you've got this London artist painting uh, alien landscapes uh, that he should have no business knowing about. Um, you've got uh, the strange s- creature. A strange mm-hmm. creature in the in the countryside, and, yes. Uh, lesser American Edale. werewolf in London style. You've got and the then, um, yeah the, the, the uh, Egyptian murders investigated by none other than a fellow that we've heard of, Mister Inspector Barrington of Scotland Yard. Well, that definitely piques my interest. Yes, but I suppose since we're here, we can start local and expand upward. Yes. Yeah, so so it looks like in London we've got the artist and we've got Barrington. And then we can, and then whatever, there's the Midlands situation and then Scotland. Yes, I, I hardly think that having just arrived in London we should take the train up to Glasgow. Um, <laughs> Good day. <laughs> but, well, I we see that. We have twi- Troy time to work on the Scottish I accent. I see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, making it halalis. 
It's going to sound oddly like Mickey Mouse. You want to see this Shipley chap, don't you? Oh, we must. We we simply must. Did you not read the article that I just read out loud to you? Uh, I have to admit it piqued my interest as well. He may be one of us. Yeah, whatever. I mean, he can summon beings. Apparently, don't you want to talk to him? Well, seeing as how we've seen people summon beings already, this seems to be on par with what we're looking for. Side note, didn't the first episode, um, Feyruz came across a spell uh, potentially to do this? I thought it was like to raise the, to be like a zombie lord or something, wasn't it? Well, yeah, it was uh, checks, checks, notes. Hang on. Uh, it was a spell. Um, like to raise the dead or something? It, 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 yes, but it, it kind of like turns people into zombies. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like a necromancy <laughs> situation. <laughs> Some light necromancy. This is light necromancy. <laughs> I'm so pumped so for Feru is to go full like Gladriel when she's like, mm-hmm. "You would make me a queen, <laughs> beautiful and terrible." Isn't yeah. Um, so yeah, it's so like you've got some options now? here. Uh, I would say now you've probably you got in at mid-afternoon. You checked into the hotel and you were like, "We got time to." still early. Let's go over to the scoop. You've hung out at the scoop for uh, a little over an hour, uh, thanks to Feruz's library skills. Um, you could, uh, you know, you could head over to Chelsea uh, to, to check in on this artist. Um, you know, before nightfall. You'd, you'd get there before nightfall. Uh, you could go to in, over to Scotland Yard, or, or maybe you'd want to call and see if you could make an appointment with this Inspector Barrington, rather than just showing up at Scotland Yard. Um, there's also the Penhue Foundation card that you have. Um, Glasgow seems like let's just let's just put that aside for now. Remember the Glasgow thing, and then you've got this countryside uh, situation. But those are all your leads. But you went from having just a couple of leads to a couple more things. You knowing what Jackson was interested in may unlock something. So what is, out of uh, all those interests you the most? Is Eagles Grange in the Midlands? Where's Eagles Grange? <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, it's, it's probably a couple hours out. Actually, Ross, I'm not you saying tell we're me. going there right now. I'm just, I'm yeah. just saying, like, yeah, just two birds, curiosity. one stone, et cetera, et cetera. That's going to have to happen. You're going to have to check sure. in. I mean, yeah. in my head, it's from it's it's in Oxfordshire, but, uh, like, it's in the Midlands, too. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's north. Uh, hand wave it. Great. All right. Yeah. I think Carter's like, listen, in my experience, you want to <laughs> let the cops know you're around last <laughs> right, you don't want to uh, clue in the cops or something, and then I mean, as we've all learned, we don't need people tailing us, shaking us down in the middle of the night. In I mean, Harlem. well, they've all ended up dead. Plus, we most of them died because of us, but we weren't going to get into that. We didn't uh, do it. No, no, but we, you know, one would say mm. that we rope them into it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, so I say we push. Ba- this is my you know, this is Carter's opinion is. We hold off on Barrington. We hit up either uh, the the artist guy. I guess that's the only other London situation we have. Yeah, or right. Penhew. Or Penhew. Pen I think, um... Yes, I, I'm of a mind to see this artist, I suppose. And um, perhaps we can make an appointment to... with this inspector 
tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. I Plus, agree. is there prohibition in London right now? No, right? They're, they're, <laughs> they're cool. They're chill. That doesn't uh, stop us anyway. True. Scarcely stops us, but no, the, the, uh, your temperance societies uh, have not made uh, their inroads felt here. Thank God. All right, so you're going to head over to West London. Uh, you still got a couple hours before nightfall. Um, why not check it out? At least sure. uh, you let me know when you get there. Uh, Chelsea is in West London, uh, River Thames to the south, Knightbridge to the north, Belgravia to the east. Uh, the metro- metropolitan borough of Chelsea is predominantly a lower middle class and working class area. Uh, further from the river, the area's prosperity rises with the upper middle class centered on Sloan Square, often considered by those living there to be really part of upmarket Knightbridge. You get there and like all of the houses are on top of each other. They're just like r- really closely packed uh, with with very little space between each house. Um, but there's uh, there's some shops is like a, a almost like a bohemian air uh, to the area as well outside of where everyone is living um i imagine you're arriving as people are like getting out of work so there's this sort of influx of people getting off of trains and walking to the house and so you're walking with these crowds to the house but eventually they get to where they need to go as you're kind of wandering looking for this address and uh suddenly it gets darker out faster than you had planned and that combined with the fog makes it a little tough uh, to see and you're like oh shit is a storm coming Um, because it shouldn't be this dark this early but you know you're already here you might as well at least uh, case the joint if not uh, knock and you're looking along these rows of houses and suddenly the fog parts in front of the address to the Shipley residence and it is a two-story brick building uh, in desperate need of repair Uh, every window is barred you see um, what looks like a a brick wall in in the back of the building maybe um, it's like a, a backyard that is covered by a brick wall um, and then just large uh, unkempt trees sort of ominously covering the whole house and all you see beyond them are the barred doors uh, barred windows rather and you approach and you feel like all at once a bunch of curtains on all the neighboring buildings are just being parted ever so slightly to look at you and quickly close. And we'll see you next week. Oh my god. <sighs> Chelsea. It all came back to Chelsea. I mean, is it Chelsea in New York? Is it Chelsea in London? You know what I mean? It all connects. <laughs> it almost had me. It almost had me. Woo! Man.
Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at jointhenation.com.